0: chapter seventh of the heart of midlothian by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines Salt Lake city utah so free from danger free from fear they crossed the court right glad they were christabel pursuing the path which madge had chosen jeanie deans observed to her no small delight that marks of more cultivation appeared and the thatched roofs of houses with their blue smoke arising in little columns were seen embosomed in a tuft of trees at some distance the track led in that direction and jeanie therefore resolved while madge continued to pursue it that she would ask her no questions having had the penetration to observe that by doing so she ran the risk of irritating her guide or awakening suspicions to the impressions of which persons in madge's unsettled state of mind are particularly liable madge therefore uninterrupted went on with the wild disjointed chat which her rambling imagination suggested a mood in which she was much more communicative respecting her own history and that of others than when there was any attempt made by direct queries or cross-examinations to extract information on these subjects it's a queer thing she said but whiles i can speak about the bit bairn and the rest of it just as if it had been another body's and no my own and whiles i am like to break my heart about it have you ever a bairn jeanie jeanie replied in the negative ay but your sister had though and i can what came of it too in the name of heavenly mercy said jeanie forgetting the line of conduct which she had hitherto adopted tell me but what became of that unfortunate babe and madge stopped looked at her gravely and fixedly and then broke into a great fit of laughing aha lass catch me if you can i think it's easy to gar you trow anything how should i ken anything of your sister's wean Lasses should have nothing to do with weans till they are married and then all the gossips and comers come in and feast as if it were the blithest day in the world they say maidens bairns are well guided i wot that wasna true of your titties and mine but these are sad tales to tell i maun just sing a bit to keep up my heart tis a song that gentle george made on me lang syne when i went with him to lockington wake to see him act upon a stage in fine clothes with the player folk he might have done worse than married me that night as he promised better wed over the mixin as over the moor as they say in yorkshire he may gang further and for worse but that's all one to the song i'm madge of the country i'm madge of the town and i'm madge of the lad i am blithest to own the lady of beeve in diamonds may shine but has not a heart half so lightsome as mine i am queen of the wake and i'm lady of may and i lead the blithe ring round the maypole to-day the wildfire that flashes so fair and so free was never so bright or so bonny as me. I like that the best of all my songs, continued the maniac, because he made it. I am often singing it, and that's maybe the reason folk called me Madge Wildfire. I a, answer to the name, though it's no my own, for what's the use of making a fash? but ye shouldna sing upon the sabbath at least said jeanie who amid all her distress and anxiety could not help being scandalized at the deportment of her companion especially as they now approached near to the little village ay is this sunday said madge my mother leads sick a life with turning night into day that one loses all count of the days of the week and disna ken sunday from saturday besides it's all your wiggery in england folks sings when they like and then ye can. you are christiana and i am mercy and ye ken as they went on their way they sang and she immediately raised one of john bunyan's ditties he that is down need fear no fall he that is low no pride he that is humble ever shall have god to be his guide fulness to such a burthen is that go-on pilgrimage here little and hereafter bliss is best from age to age and do ye ken jeanie i think there's much truth in that book the pilgrim's progress the boy that sings that song was feeding his father's sheep in the valley of humiliation, and Mr. Greatheart says that he lived a merrier life and had more of the herb called Hearts Ease in his bosom than they that wear silk and velvet like me and are as bonny as I am. Jeanie Deans had never read the fanciful and delightful parable. To which madge alluded bunyan was indeed a rigid calvinist but then he was also a member of a baptist congregation so that his works had no place on david dean's shelf of divinity madge however at some time of her life had been well acquainted as it appeared with the most popular of his performances which indeed rarely fails to make a deep impression upon children and people of the lower rank i am sure she continued i may well say i am come out of the city of destruction for my mother is mrs that dwells at dead man's corner and frank levitt and tyburn tam they may be likened to mistrust and guilt that came galloping up and struck the poor pilgrim to the ground with a great club and stole a bag of silver which was most of his spending money and so have they done to many and will do to more but now we will gang to the interpreter's house for i ken a man that will play the interpreter right well for he has eyes lifted up to heaven the best of books in his hand the law of truth written on his lips and he stands as if he pleaded with men oh if i had minded what he had said to me i had never been the cutaway creature that i am but it is all over now but we'll knock at the gate and then the keeper will admit christiana but mercy will be left out and then i'll stand at the door trembling and crying and then christiana that's you jeanie will intercede for me and then mercy that's me ye ken will faint And then the interpreter, yes, the interpreter, that's Mr. Staunton himself, will come out and take me, that's poor, lost, demented me, by the hand, and give me a pomegranate and a piece of honeycomb and a small bottle of spirits to stay my fainting, and then the good times will come back again, and we'll be the happiest folk you ever saw." in the midst of the confused assemblage of ideas indicated in this speech jeanie thought she saw a serious purpose on the part of madge to endeavour to obtain the pardon and countenance of some one whom she had offended an attempt the most likely of all others to bring them once more into contact with law and legal protection she therefore resolved to be guided by her while she was in so hopeful a disposition and act for her own safety according to circumstances they were now close by the village one of those beautiful scenes which are so often found in merry england where the cottages instead of being built in two direct lines on each side of a dusty high road, stand in detached groups interspersed not only with large oaks and elms but with fruit trees so many of which were at this time in flourish that the groves seemed enamelled with their crimson and white blossoms in the centre of the hamlet stood the parish church and its little gothic tower from which at present was heard the sunday chime of bells we will wait here until the folk are all in the church they call the kirk a church in england jeanie be sure you mind that for if i was gone forward among them all the gates of boys and lasses would be cryin at madge wildfire's tale the little hell-rakers and the beetle would be hard upon us as if it was our fault i like their skirting as ill as he does i can tell him i'm sure i often wish there was a het peat down their throats when they set them up that gate conscious of the disorderly appearance of her own dress after the adventure of the preceding night and of the grotesque habit and demeanour of her guide and sensible how important it was to secure an attentive and impatient audience to her strange story from some one who might have the means to protect her jeanie readily acquiesced in madge's proposal to rest under the trees by which they were still somewhat screened until the commencement of service should give them an opportunity of entering the hamlet without attracting a crowd around them she made the less opposition that madge had intimated that this was not the village where her mother was in custody and that the two squires of the pad were absent in a different direction she sat herself down therefore at the foot of an oak and by the assistance of a placid fountain which had been dammed up for the use of the villagers and which served her as a natural mirror she began no uncommon thing with a scottish maiden of her rank to arrange her toilet in the open air and bring her dress soiled and disordered as it was into such order as the place and circumstances admitted she soon perceived reason however to regret that she had set about this task however decent and necessary in the present time and society madge wildfire who among other indications of insanity had a most overweening opinion of those charms to which in fact she had owed her misery and whose mind like a raft upon a lake was agitated and driven about at random by each fresh impulse no sooner beheld jeanie begin to arrange her hair place her bonnet in order rub the dust from her shoes and clothes adjust her neck-handkerchief and mittens and so forth then with imitative zeal she began to bedizen and trick herself out with shreds and remnants of beggarly finery which she took out of a little bundle and which when disposed around her person made her appearance ten times more fantastic and apish than it had been before Jeanie groaned in spirit but dared not interfere in a matter so delicate across the man's cap or riding-hat which she wore madge placed a broken and soiled white feather intersected with one which had been shed from the train of a peacock to her dress which was a kind of writing habit she stitched pinned and otherwise secured a large furbelow of artificial flowers all crushed wrinkled and dirty which had at first bedecked a lady of quality then descended to her abigail and dazzled the inmates of the servants hall a tawdry scarf of yellow silk trimmed with tinsel and spangles which had seen as hard service and boasted as honourable a transmission was next flung over one shoulder and fell across her person in the manner of a shoulder-belt or baldric madge then stripped off the coarse ordinary shoes which she wore and replaced them by a pair of dirty satin ones spangled and embroidered to match the scarf and furnished with very high heels she had cut a willow switch in her morning's walk almost as long as a boy's fishing-rod this she set herself seriously to peel and when it was transformed into such a wand as the treasurer or high steward bears on public occasions she told jeanie that she thought they now looked decent as young women should do upon the sunday morning and that as the bells had done ringing she was willing to conduct her to the interpreter's house jeanie sighed heavily to think it should be her lot on the lord's day and during Kirk time too to parade the street of an inhabited village with so very grotesque a comrade but necessity had no law since without a positive quarrel with the madwoman which in the circumstances would have been very unadvisable she could see no means of shaking herself free of her society as for poor madge she was completely elated with personal vanity and the most perfect satisfaction concerning her own dazzling dress and superior appearance they entered the hamlet without being observed except by one old woman who being nearly high gravel blind was only conscious that something very fine and glittering was passing by and dropped as deep a reverence to madge as she would have done to a countess this filled up the measure of madge's self-approbation she minced she ambled she smiled she simpered and waved jeanie deans forward with the condescension of a noble chaperon who has undertaken the charge of a country miss on her first journey to the capital jeanie followed in patience and with her eyes fixed on the ground that she might save herself the mortification of seeing her companion's absurdities but she started when ascending two or three steps she found herself in the churchyard and saw that madge was making straight for the door of the church as jeanie had no mind to enter the congregation in such company she walked aside from the pathway and said in a decided tone madge i will wait here till the church comes out you may go in by yourself if you have a mind as she spoke these words she was about to seat herself upon one of the gravestones madge was a little before jeanie when she turned aside but suddenly changing her course she followed her with long strides and with every feature inflamed with passion overtook and seized her by the arm do ye think ye ungrateful wretch that i am gone to let you sit down upon my father's grave the devil settle ye down if ye dinna rise and come into the interpreter's house that's the house of god with me but i'll rive every dud off your back she adopted the action to the phrase for with one clutch she stripped jeanie of her straw bonnet and a handful of her hair to boot and threw it up into an old yew-tree where it stuck fast Jeanie's first impulse was to scream but conceiving she might receive deadly harm before she could obtain the assistance of any one notwithstanding the vicinity of the church she thought it wiser to follow the madwoman into the congregation where she might find some means of escape from her or at least be secured against her violence but when she meekly intimated her consent to follow madge her guide's uncertain brain had caught another train of ideas she held jeanie fast with one hand and with the other pointed to the inscription on the gravestone and commanded her to read it jeanie obeyed and read these words this monument was erected to the memory of donald of the king's twenty-sixth or cameronian regiment a sincere christian a brave soldier and a faithful servant by his grateful and sorrowing master robert staunton it's very well read jeanie it's just the very words said madge whose ire had now faded into deep melancholy and with a step which to jeanie's great joy was uncommonly quiet and mournful she led her companion towards the door of the church it was one of those old-fashioned gothic parish churches which are frequent in england the most cleanly decent and reverential places of worship that are perhaps anywhere to be found in the christian world yet notwithstanding the decent solemnity of its exterior Jeanie was too faithful to the directory of the presbyterian Kirk to have entered a prelatic place of worship and would upon any other occasion have thought that she beheld in the porch the venerable figure of her father waving her back from the entrance and pronouncing in a solemn tone cease my child to hear the instruction which causeth to err from the words of knowledge but in her present agitating and alarming situation she looked for safety to this forbidding place of assembly as the hunted animal will sometimes seek shelter from imminent danger in the human habitation or in other places of refuge most alien to its nature and habits not even the sound of the organ and of one or two flutes which accompanied the psalmody prevented her from following her guide into the chancel of the church no sooner had madge put her foot upon the pavement and become sensible that she was the object of attention to the spectators than she resumed all the fantastic extravagance of deportment which some transient touch of melancholy had banished for an instant she swam rather than walked up the centre aisle dragging jeanie after her whom she held fast by the hand she would indeed have fain slipped aside into the pew nearest to the door and left madge to ascend in her own manner and alone to the high places of the synagogue but this was impossible without a degree of violent resistance which seemed to her inconsistent with the time and place and she was accordingly led in captivity up the whole length of the church by her grotesque conductress who with half-shut eyes a prim smile upon her lips and a mincing motion with her hands which corresponded with the delicate and affected pace at which she was pleased to move seemed to take the general stare of the congregation which such an exhibition necessarily excited as a high compliment and which she returned by nods and half-courtesies to individuals amongst the audience whom she seemed to distinguish as acquaintances her absurdity was enhanced in the eyes of the spectators by the strange contrast which she formed to her companion who with dishevelled hair downcast eyes and a face glowing with shame was dragged as it were in triumph after her madge's errors were at length fortunately cut short by her encountering in her progress the looks of the clergyman who fixed upon her a glance at once steady compassionate and admonitory she hastily opened an empty pew which happened to be near her and entered dragging in jeanie after her kicking jeanie on the shins by way of hint that she should follow her example she sunk her head upon her hand for the space of a minute jeanie to whom this posture of mental devotion was entirely new did not attempt to do the like but looked round her with a bewildered stare which her neighbors judging from the company in which they saw her very naturally ascribed to insanity every person in their immediate vicinity drew back from this extraordinary couple as far as the limits of their pew permitted but one old man could not get beyond madge's reach ere she had snatched the prayer-book from his hand and ascertained the lesson of the day she then turned up the ritual and with the most overstrained enthusiasm of gesture and manner showed jeanie the passages as they were read in the service making at the same time her own responses so loud as to be heard above those of every other person notwithstanding the shame and vexation which jeanie felt in being thus exposed in a place of worship she could not and durst not omit rallying her spirits so as to look around her and consider to whom she ought to appeal for protection so soon as the service should be concluded her first ideas naturally fixed upon the clergyman and she was confirmed in the resolution by observing that he was an aged gentleman of a dignified appearance and deportment who read the service with an undisturbed and decent gravity which brought back to becoming attention those younger members of the congregation who had been disturbed by the extravagant behaviour of madge wildfire to the clergyman therefore jeanie resolved to make her appeal when the service was over it is true she felt disposed to be shocked at his surplice of which she had heard so much but which she had never seen upon the person of a preacher of the word then she was confused by the change of posture adopted in different parts of the ritual the more so as madge wildfire to whom they seemed familiar took the opportunity to exercise authority over her pulling her up and pushing her down with a bustling assiduity which jeanie felt must make them both the objects of painful attention but notwithstanding these prejudices it was her prudent resolution in this dilemma to imitate as nearly as she could what was done around her the prophet she thought permitted naaman the syrian to bow even in the house of rimmon surely if i in this strait worship the god of my fathers in mine own language although the manner thereof be strange to me the lord will pardon me in this thing in this resolution she became so much confirmed that Withdrawing herself from Madge as far as the pew permitted, she endeavored to evince by serious and composed attention to what was passing, that her mind was composed to devotion. Her tormentor would not long have permitted her to remain quiet, but fatigue overpowered her, and she fell fast asleep in the other corner of the pew. Jeanie, though her mind in her own despite sometimes reverted to her situation compelled herself to give attention to a sensible energetic and well composed discourse upon the practical doctrines of christianity which she could not help approving although it was every word written down and read by the preacher and although it was delivered in a tone and gesture very different from those of boanerges stormhaven who was her father's favorite preacher the serious and placid attention with which jeanie listened did not escape the clergyman madge wildfire's entrance had rendered him apprehensive of some disturbance to provide against which as far as possible he often turned his eyes to the part of the church where Jeanie and she were placed, and became soon aware that although the loss of her headgear and the awkwardness of her situation had given an uncommon and anxious air to the features of the former, yet she was in a state of mind very different from that of her companion when he dismissed the congregation he observed her look around with a wild and terrified look as if uncertain what course she ought to adopt and noticed that she approached one or two of the most decent of the congregation as if to address them and then shrunk back timidly on observing that they seemed to shun and to avoid her the clergyman was satisfied there must be something extraordinary in all this and as a benevolent man as well as a good christian pastor he resolved to inquire into the matter more minutely End of chapter seven